In today's episode, I'm interviewing one of the best salespeople I have ever met, Corey Jacobs. Corey is going to cover for us the do's and don'ts of salespeople, but also how we all, regardless of our position in whatever company we work for, need to take on this role of a salesperson. We're going to talk about the importance of saving your asks and also how to land that big client that you have yet to land. I am so fired up for this conversation. All right, so I am so excited to have Corey here. How many years has it been? I think 2018. It's um, crazy. Yeah, I know we were talking earlier, how, how long did those texts go back? So I mean, yeah, yeah. it was 18, 19. <laughs> yeah. But it's interesting because Corey, we met one another uh, actually just through like um, almost like a men's group yeah. as I was digging out of my hole uh, off of my rock bottom. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I'm about the age that you Yeah, 36. <laughs> that's when everyone ends up. Uh, that's when most males either go through rock bottom or it's about to hit. Um, well, I can feel a little bit of it. Now, yeah, so, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, I guess, so bring us up to speed with kind of what got you to where you are and, and some of the things that Obviously, some of some of your stuff excites me more than others, but yeah. I want you to kind of talk about how you got here. Sure. Right? So, uh, when we met at the men's group, I was I was looking to find myself. I think I've been very successful in sales. I'm a sales guy. I've been in sales, healthcare sales my entire career. I just felt lost personally, and didn't quite know who who I was. Wore a lot of masks and got tired of it, which brought me to the men's group and very attractive. And so you that. were what, like 32, 32-ish, yeah. one of the younger guys there. Yeah. Um, and I gravitated towards y'all very much so, and, and I learned a lot. So I, that what, what that did was invite me to surround myself by better people and yeah. the folks that I looked up to. So it was a catalyst for me, actually, yeah. that, that men's group. Um, and started wanting to share what I've learned that helped me out with other people. So I started a newsletter that was, I have no clue what, what I was doing. I'm writing a newsletter, put some videos out, putting it out on Instagram and it got traction. I got validation. I can't believe people are reading my stuff. And it, attra it, it attracted other opportunities through that and eventually started a company that helps salespeople with personal habits and professional habits. So we are about three years into the company. What's the name? Glued Performance. Awesome. However, the iteration that we're in, because it's been nonlinear, is, is about one year. Awesome. Yeah. And what's that iteration look like? So we help, what, there's a lot of sales coaches and a lot of sales trainers out there. And there's a lot of BS. And there's a lot of BS. And there's yeah. a lot of coaches in general out there. Salespeople selling sales courses, right? Exactly. They don't really sell. <laughs> yeah. They're selling their sales course. They're, right. There's a lot of a lot of these sales trainers, and there's like four thousand of them. They aren't actively in the field selling. They're just teaching their sales stuff. And the difference is, I'm an entrepreneur. I own the business, yeah. and, and I'm actively selling. And so we we help revenue. We help teams hit revenue goals by focusing on productivity, accountability, and being honest with themselves. But also approaching it through their personal life, so they know what it's like to get uncomfortable. They know mm. what it's like to fail at something and still be okay. And then you can approach that to your professional career a little bit. I love that. I mean, yeah. and 
I'd love to hear from you, like just what I'm seeing and obviously having written my second book around the importance of saving your asks and this move towards relationships Mm -hmm. is so important. And one of the things I uncovered in my generational work with the millennial whisper and all that (laughs) is that the younger you get, especially with the sales teams, the more reliance you have on digital technology like Salesforce and then come the ask holes and the pitch slapping and yeah. uh, thanks yep. to you guys for introducing <laughs> that to me. I'm using it I, we all can't, the we time. We can't coin it. No, so you we can't. got it from somewhere. But then also I yeah. went to the source that you guys referenced and I still, they're like, no, uh, that was another person. I'm like, right, I'm not even the gonna, origin. Yeah, I don't know what the origin was, <laughs> but you look at this move away from relationships that actually Xers and boomers did really well. Mm. They were really good at the courtship. They were really good at creating the relationship. I will caveat that they weren't necessarily going as deep as I encourage, right? Yeah. But talk to me about some of the trends and tensions you're seeing and solving for in the marketplace. So the type of sales we're doing is not transactional. So not going to buy an iPhone, your same day sales, not a car where consultative where it might take months or even years to close a deal. So a lot of the trends that we see and we solve for are deals get ghosted, people deals stall, you give pricing and you don't hear from All them. All right, again. so I okay, I have to hear this. What happens? What's your advice when you get ghosted on a deal? So the, the, that's a good question. It's probably too late. You've got to start over again and but however, however, sales is a prevention game. So you need to make sure you foresee these things happening. I like the champion model. So meaning your, whatever you're selling, technology, medical device, uh, CPG, you need an internal champion to help go to bat for you. And you do that from the beginning. And you try to lock out other competitors from being able to do what you do. Hmm. And you need multiple champions because if, let's say, someone retires or someone doesn't have as much pull, you have someone else that can help you do that. So you do that through relationships. You do that through being normal and not trying to fast forward a deal, but making sure there's mutual benefit. So there, there's a lot of steps that go into that. But so, if, no, go ahead. So, okay. So let's just go through the process as on being on the receiving end of a lot of these pitch mm-hmm. slapping ask calls, right? <laughs> Which is th- these people that will reach out and without doing any research, right? Yeah. And the amount of times that people come to me and say, oh, you've got great thought leadership. Have you thought about writing a book? You can see in, in my description, <laughs> Christopher Tuff, national best-selling author, right? And so I, I will, I, so now I, I would, before me, you guys telling me about the pitch slap, I would just send them a link to save your asks and say, I think you might benefit from the book I wrote. That's all about saving your asks and instead going in for the desired outcome being an authentic connection. But um, now I actually say, Oh no, you didn't. You just pitch slap me. Yeah. And then they go away and then they go away. Or it's a robot that sent it. So you'll never hear. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So talk a little bit about some of those things that you work with these teams to help overcome what a lot of us are seeing with really poor sales yeah. and and um, really human connection happening in these in digital environments. So there's a couple of things. So first of all, I think we're overstimulated in today's society. We got so many screens and so much comparison. So if we can kind of take that away, you have to build no like and trust. You have to build no like and trust. We 
We believe you can do that in a, in a few different ways, but you need to have authentic connection like you would approach dating. You approach it, this, would you go into a room, or whatever your, your significant other choice would be, but would you go up to someone and say, hey, I'm Corey Jacobs. I do this, this, and this for a living. You know what? I want to take you out on a date tomorrow. I mean, you would never do that, or you, you shouldn't do that. I you, told my wife I was going to marry her the first time I saw her. Is that about Sometimes that? it works. Okay, you know, okay. Sometimes it works. Okay. And I, and I know some of those stories. So. Yeah. But I think you approach it just, you approach sales from a mutual situation. And the type of sales we help with, which is, again, uh, a very complex, multiple decision makers, long sales cycles, you, approach, you have to approach it in a different way. You have to approach it as a consultant, not transactional. And we as salespeople, when I say we, because I am a salesperson, we think that our time frame is the most important. We got to sell this this month. I got pressure on or I got to meet my quarter, my quarter goals. The, the goal is to slow the deal down and do it on their time frame and try to educate. So building no like and trust comes from building an authentic relationship like you would with dating someone and not looking like you're too needy just like you would with dating someone yeah 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 so well, well so so many people also suck at that so a lot of people there's yeah, a lot yeah. but th- <laughs> i mean once again there's so much opportunity and some of the things that i mean obviously you're here for a reason and and one goes back to our relationship but as we started like just dissecting our back and forth right and it was really rekindled our relationship yeah. when you reached out. Yeah. And I think I might have sent you a video text message and then you sent me one yeah. back on Instagram. You're about to go to Bali. And then and That's then now right. here we are, right? That like, was right. But yes, we What a great example right of, yeah. of... But so I, I want you to dive into a little bit of this place where I find a lot of resistance, which also gets into some of the generational tension, which is... Where's the line of personal and professional today and as it relates to sales? Because as you know, some of my philosophies that are more specialized in very long-term sales cycles, I say like throw all of your pitch out the window when you're first meeting someone and dive into them as a human first, right? And start asking those questions and people are like, wait, that's so awkward, right? I don't want to be asking what fire someone up or their perfect day or whatever like talk about how you address kind of that line especially when you get this resistance to that personal piece so when you're approaching someone that you want something from i I don't care what kind of sales you're in it's a you're approaching a decision maker of even you as an example someone's trying to sell you something i think naturally showing interest into who they are Hmm. and it seems so simple it's it's simple because it is it actually is simple but we get caught up because we're we have so much pressure on ourselves as salespeople. i think we've got to be okay with slowing the deal down you're not going to get it done as fast as you think you are just wrap your head around that Hmm. that's how you'll get more deals done but genuinely approaching someone like you care about them for me in my journey i believe that what i did in my personal life bled into my career so a long, long time ago, I, I was good at sales, but I forced myself to be. I'm naturally good with people. So naturally- And I a can, huge extrovert. Yeah. Can you not tell? Yeah. And I mean, you and I yeah, together, it's we're like very a combustion. <laughs> I, I wake up with energy. Yeah. Um, and I think it's, for, for me, I had to realize that there were other areas in my life that needed work. 
and I started focusing on myself a little more. The daily habits I do, waking up with gratitude, morning routines. I'm a little bit more, you know this about me, I'm on the mindfulness side. Again, you mentioned Bali. I go, it's, I wish I could go every year. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I started noticing the more things I did for myself, the better habits I had in my personal life, the better approach I took to personal or professional, uh, the professional side of things. Hmm. And that came out naturally with people. So I focus on myself a little more, maybe even slowing down. There's a good quote, and I'm, I'm going to butcher this by Gandhi that said he had more work to do today. So he must meditate for two hours instead of one. Hmm. And I approach life like that. So it allows my mind to slow down then I can talk to people a little easier. I can actually see what interests them. I don't need to get the deal done today. I can approach them. If I want to court a decision maker, I want to get to know them. First, is it even going to be the right deal? Do I even know what their goals are in general? And I, I don't want to spend my time spinning my tires if it's not even the right opportunity. Of course, I'm not going to jump right in and pitch slap them. I don't even know who they are. Yeah. So approaching it a little bit with a slowed down philosophy, I think is the best. And so what about this place of, you know, I talk about this spectrum of, you've got people that asks come really easy to them. They're, they're usually the ones that are first hired as salespeople, but a lot of those people are ask calls, right? It's ask after ask after sure. ask. And then you've got the other side of it that are people pleasers like me. And they'll actually, they feel bad going in for that ask. How are you working with teams to get to them to the place where it's it's time to convert? What, what's kind of your your training around that? Yeah, so I'm also a people pleaser naturally. Yeah. Um, I saw that yeah, in your uh, yeah. psychological yeah, we're survey. Yeah, very similar. And so I, I know that I have to ask for the clothes at some point. I have to ask for the business. but and you're like this, you're very good with people, we can kind of read the room. But for those that may not live in the spectrum we do, we do teach a certain philosophy. We partner with a gentleman named Brian Burns, and mm. he teaches the Maverick Method. And there's a portion, and it, all deals are different, but there's a portion in the sales process where you want to ask for the business. But you don't ask for it in a, would you, would you support this decision? If we, you, know, you don't ask it in that way. It's a collaboration. So we use what we call a business justification where let's say we've had multiple meetings leading up to this sales process. We have we identified a problem and we have solutions that interest this potential client. We list them in a document, a one source of truth that explains why we started the conversation, what are the goals, it supports everything, and it's we use it as a back and forth draft. So it's not a proposal. It's more of a document that we say, does this look good? Does this match your goals? And there might be pricing on it, but it's a back and forth editable document. And it can be in any form, Excel, Word, whatever it is that we use during our meetings. And little do they know they're building their own solution in their own. I love it. So it's, it's very helpful. But again, to answer your question, it could happen at the beginning, it could happen in the middle, it could happen in the end. It just depends if little deals are usually... Uh, all different. And again, this is not transactional deals. These are long sell cycles. Sure. Big, big decision making yep. deals. Yep. And so out of, this is going to be a tough question. Okay. I'm ready. Out of <laughs> all of your arsenal, out of all of those things that you're spending, it's a two day training that you guys do, correct? We, 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 we do it in two days. There's also a five month program that we can do, but we love to do it in, in a couple of days and then follow up because People forget oh, uh, yeah. after one time. So, of of yeah. course. Okay, so I call it the swoop and poop, where it's like <laughs> you swoop in, and then it's like like a week yeah. later, nothing really Status happens. Quo. Yeah, exactly. And so, out of all of the things, 
right? Because I do believe that the way you're going about this is very differentiated yeah. and you're seeing the results in the marketplace. Yeah. Yeah. Out of all those things, what if I were to have you choose one thing that's most profound, what's the one thing that ends up having the largest impact on people's ability to sell? When we te- the, the piece that we teach that has the largest impact? Yeah. So I'm, it's gonna, it's not gonna be a simple answer. How it's leading up to, let's say, giving that proposal, leading up to the business justification, if that's what you do. But it's these multiple meetings that we have leading up to decision making. The number one thing is get another time on the calendar, mm-hmm. get another meeting on the calendar. You know, if the deal didn't go well, they'll probably say, or if the meeting didn't go well, which is a whole nother story, they may not want another meeting, but while you have them on the phone or in person, get another meeting. So good. 101. That's so good. And and it's uh, it's interesting as I think about some recent interactions I've had with one guy in particular yesterday as I'm about to do an engagement with him. The last thing he said on that call was, hey, everyone get out your calendars. We're getting our next check-in. It's it's incredible. It seems so simple, right? It's difficult to build no like and trust. The trust is the hardest part. Okay, say so. No like and trust. No like and trust. They know who you are, they like you, and they trust you. That comes. From, they know who you are because you've had an introduction, um, maybe a multiple different. The first conversation should not be business at all. And I don't like small talk. Like, how's the weather? And you know, I don't. I don't. That's that's not what I mean. What I mean is, let's get to know. Let's get to know each other. I saw that you have two kids. One of them just went to, uh, got into college, right? Yes. Okay. You did a little research on me. All right. I'm starting to like you. Maybe second meeting. All right. We know each other. You talk more about your business, mine. Let them ask about your business. You don't bring it up. Okay. I like this guy. Then trust comes from, are you credible? Do you know what you're talking about? Hmm. And the trust also comes from when you're talking with decision makers, do they, do, do, are you serious about your business? Are we serious in these conversations? I think getting a meeting on the calendar shows that um, psychologically, uh, sub- subconsciously. I think that shows, okay, this guy's serious and it does something. Then you show up again and you're consistent. You show up again and you're consistent and you pull out the business justification and it's robust. It's just the no like, and trust. How often do you run into teams that they have people on there that weren't really meant or wired to be salespeople? I don't... Do you I, think everyone has it I in them? I think you all have it. I, I'll be honest, Chris, I don't think I'm meant to be a salesperson. I just really love people. And you're a rainmaker, dude. <laughs> me and you both. Yeah. I mean, I think it's cause we, we but being a people pleaser is not. No, sales, that's true. Right. That's I think naturally point. I just enjoy people and helping them and sales fit well for me. I didn't know what I wanted to do a long time ago. And I found my career through that mm-hmm. and I've been successful. And now I want to help people that are like me. I had me in mind when I started this business, I was like, where's the lost salesperson that does well, but doesn't know exactly what they want to do. But yeah, I think there's a lot of people that are on teams that, that don't know how good they're at sales, like myself or you, um, or the people that don't belong in sales and are forcing it. I love it. I love it. Now, I'm going to ask a question that's way out of the blue, but it's tradition that I ask everyone that's in that seat this question. And I call it the most important question you can ask anyone. And that to me is where connection lives. And it's what's ultimately your dream. Mm. What is what, what's your dream? And 
put into another context, like what, what fires you up more than anything in the world? But like for you, what's that dream that you're, 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 you're currently chasing after or about to embark on? I would love to, so, so there's a couple facets. Sure. Um, so there's, fa I think a family, you asked me this five years ago, it would be a different question. Yeah, I'm sure. I, do, I would love, I'd, I'd, I'd love to. Models and bottles yeah, five right? years ago, right? Yeah, that's what I would say five <laughs> years ago. Um, I'll answer that in two ways. Personally, um, outside of the profession and career, personally, I'd, I'd, I'd love uh, a, a wife to travel the world with and see the world and settle down at some point. That, that would be a dream of mine and stop the models and bottles for a while. Um, but my dream, all in all, I'd love to be on stage speaking to thousands of people and watching jaws drop or light bulbs go off. Like I've been in the audience watching certain people, even you, you and me listening to you over the years, you know, similar, similar takes on that. But I'd love to be on stage and adding value to someone and change someone's trajectory, whether that's quit their job and start their own business <laughs> or, or find themselves. But I would like to make impact in a wide scale. And I, when I close my eyes and I look at that, I'm on stage somewhere speaking. I love it. I love it. Well, I don't think that's far off. So uh, you might have to not. come up with a <laughs> yeah. new dream. It's and that's what's interesting about this whole dream thing, right? Like, it's not necessarily winning the lottery when you ask someone that. Yeah. It's it's something that is near, somewhat near term, and mm -hmm. and that sets also the vision that you're marching after. So, um, all right, uh, I want you to be able to tell people how they can get in touch with you guys a, a little bit more of yeah. the nitty gritty as to how you're working with companies. Sure. So you can find us at gluedperformance.com. Awesome. You can find us on LinkedIn at glued. My business partner's LinkedIn is Dustin Harper. I'm Corey Jacobs. You can find us on LinkedIn. What we do, there's a lot of sales trainers out there, a lot of sales coaches and coaches in general, and they focus on external KPIs which is very important, but we help transform your sales team from inside out to help you be more productive, help you find more pro uh, accountability and close more deals. And we do that by focusing on personal habits that bleed over in a proprietary way to your professional habits. I love it. Now, where's the glued come from? So name? our tagline is we help your sales force stick together. The goal is retention at the end of the day. Gallup says even a bad employee it costs one and a half to two and a half times their salary to even get them up to speed. So it's better to, to change leadership mind. It's better to change sales process mind than to even get rid of your worst employee. I love that. I don't think I knew that. That yeah. was the, how you guys came up with the name. It's such a good name. It's very sticky. Yeah, yeah it's sticky. No pun intended. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love it. All right. Well, dude, thank Chris, you so you, much. Man. Yeah, Appreciate dude, I love you, you guys. I'm excited to see what's in store and, um, you know, what's cool about this is I think it's going to be a cool partnership for both of us. Yeah. And, and there's nothing that gives me greater joy than helping other, being the catalyst to other people's dreams. 100%. So, and that's kind of what happened and here. we're full circle yeah. from, from back in the, exactly. back in the day. Exactly. So. I love it, dude. Appreciate you, man. Awesome. Thank you, Chris.